बुक माई शो जूक बॉक्स प्रेजेंट्स थिंक अबाउट इट विद दीक्षा एंड आदित्य वेलकम टू दिक्स एपिसोड ऑफ थिंक अबाउट इट दिस इज माई टीम डू यू थिंक टीम्स आर बेटर एट प्रोड्यूसिंग आउटपुट और इज इट जस्ट अ फैलिसी इन आर थिंकिंग वाई डू वी टेन टू लुक अप इन द स्काई वेन अदर पीपल आर डूइंग द सेम The truth is in social settings we are completely different beings and in this episode we will explore how that's the case. You look jolly good today. What's the reason behind that smile? Nothing much. I am thinking about my niece. Oh, that 6-year-old is such a cutie. Yes, who despite no matter how much time I spend with her, she always favors you whenever she has to choose between you and I. Because she's a smart girl just like me, you know. Similar people, more likability towards each other. And both of you gang up against me so bad. I simply hate that. Let's not talk about hatred. Tell me, what is it about her that made you smile? So recently, she had her annual sports meet. She took part in a race, and as expected, she won. Hmm. And why wouldn't she? She is my niece after all. Yeah, sure. She winning the race is in no way related to you. You are the biggest couch potato I know of, or sofa potato to be precise. Man, wish I could take that sofa to my office too. But sofas and races apart, the hilarious thing was even after she won, she didn't know where to stop. She kept on running even after the finish line. And looking at her, the second girl did the same, and so did the third, fourth, and the fifth one as well. And the teachers were running behind the children and the coach was continuously blowing the whistle. Man, that was a scene. <laughs> Must have been It's amazing how we end up doing stuff because others are doing it especially when we're not sure what is the right thing to do and that serves as the basis of social proof one of the main topics we are going to discuss today social proof is a phenomenon which revolves around the fact that we look to others and how people behave in a social setting with the assumption that they know more when we ourselves are not clear about what is the right way to behave in that setting the troublesome part is even when we know what the right behavior might be We may not do it in a social setting if others are not doing it. Social proof affects our lives in multiple ways. A good example of social proof is Diksha attending a stand-up comedy show. Huh? In fact, I love attending stand-up comedy shows with Diksha. Sometimes her reaction is more funny than the whole set. H- how? So usually the performers make a joke with reference to pop culture or some other trending stuff. And Diksha lives so far away from news, she simply never gets the joke. and laughs only when she sees other people are laughing seriously so mean couldn't you find a better example but building on the same example social proof is used in the entertainment world a lot for example those canned laughters <laughs> they are injected to make you laugh and signal that hey others find it funny probably you should find it funny too and no matter how annoying that laughter might be Researchers have shown that people find shows with canned laughter to be funnier than the ones without them even if they might be equally funny. Heck, a lot of comedy shows that have live audience even plant a bunch of people just to laugh at the jokes so that other people feel it is the right thing to do and do the same. So the next time I don't laugh at a show, remember I might actually be the smart one not falling for the trap. Possible since social proof is a fairly common phenomenon and it happens because of four main reasons. First is uncertainty. You are in an unfamiliar situation or place, you look at others for guidance. Second is multiple source effect. That is when you see the proof for a behavior from several people. For example, and this is based on research as well, 
If you heard the reviews about this show from different people like The show is amazing. I look forward to it each week. A very smart show that makes you feel super smart as well. One of those shows you can't resist sharing with your friends. My favorite. And yes, of course, it explains all those heavy psychological terms so easily. I just love it. Mm, there is no better way to tell us about the psychological drama going within our mind. Great work. Versus Diksha reading all those praises in her voice. The first set of reviews will have more impact even when the content is same. Third is similarity. It influences your social behavior as well. The more you find others similar to you, the more likely you are to replicate their behavior. Fourth and lastly, expertise plays an important role when it comes to social proof. You are more likely to imitate behavior from someone whom you think of as an expert. And while this bias does have a lot of negative impact, which we will discuss, it has benefits as well. True, in the earlier ages of mankind, it was beneficial to be part of a group, hunt in a group, live in a group, because not doing the same could even cost you your life. Or when you visit a new place, like I recently went to Chennai and I ate from all the places where I could see a lot of people eating and ordered what others were eating and most important in temples, I kept observing others to make sure I don't do anything different or wrong and overall following the crowd did help. Observational learning. You can learn a lot by observing others but… And here comes the but. But you can do a lot of bad stuff by following the wisdom of the crowd. To explain it further. A lot of tragic decisions, especially violent ones or the ones related to wars, they were taken in groups. Hatred is often easier to infuse in a group than individuals. For example, people who might agree together in a group that vandalism can be a solution to a problem, take them in a room one by one before they have made the decision and ask about their choices. In solitude, their views towards vandalism might not be that favorable. I guess even in things like peer pressure, this is what happens. You are in a group, others are doing something which might be wrong. But since you are uncertain about what's wrong or right, you assume what others are doing is the better thing to do and you adopt that behavior. And what starts as a group activity gradually creeps into your personal life as well. You know how when the show 13 Reasons Why released, teachers were warning the students to not watch the show? Um, no, I actually didn't follow the show. Well, 13 Reasons Why revolves around a schoolgirl who committed suicide. Oh, I get the link. Copycat suicides, right? Right. Researchers suggest that suicide rates actually increase post their coverage in media. And these suicides are more likely to happen when there are similarities between the person whose suicide is being publicized and those planning to do it. Yes, and the relatability of the main character and her last resort to problems in her life was what actually worried teachers and parents the most. You know, marketers use it to their advantage too. Reviews, expert recommendations, friend recommendation, celebrity endorsements. These are all examples of social proof. You see a lot of people buying a product. Or at least made to believe that they are. Yep. And it creates the illusion that it is the right product to buy. So many people are buying it after all. How can so many people be wrong? Right. As with taglines like XYZ media company called us the best. XYZ celebrity. Or that person on Instagram with many followers who thinks he or she is a celebrity. Yes, XYZ Influencer uses our products, 500 people signed up last week or one last week. Your 50 friends are already using this app. All these ads are using the concept of social proof to make you buy more stuff. So true. Another way or you can say a subset of social proof is groupthink. Groupthink is usually involved in decision making. When a lot of people take irrational decision just to maintain conformity in the group, 
minus the critical evaluation that is usually required to take a good decision. For example, imagine a board meeting taking place. All the CXOs are there in the room and the CEO comes in and says, Hey guys, this new technology everyone is talking about, saying that it'll disrupt our industry. I don't think it's a threat. We don't need to worry. And one, two guys in the group think, Um, maybe we do need to worry. But all the others are like, Yes boss, you are right. Sir, I was thinking exactly the same thing. Yeah, the others talking about that new technology don't even understand it. It's a sham. So now those guys who thought otherwise will simply nod and agree because A. They don't want to disrupt the meeting. B. Nobody probably in the meeting truly understands the technology. C. There is lack of clarity if there will actually be a disruption. And D. How can so many others be wrong? And now the decision that is taken, which most likely is the wrong one, is taken with so much confidence since so many people at such senior positions are involved that everyone will fail to evaluate why it might not be the right decision. If you guys want to see an example of this, refer to a black and white video of the Face the Rear experiment named Prudential Everybody is Doing It, where there is one person facing in the right direction in an elevator, but 3-4 people join in who face the rear. And the person who was looking at the right direction starts looking at the rear as well. This research is one of the many conformity tests influenced by the conformity tests done by Solomon Ash and all the psychology students have at least done one of these experiments which go on to show how in the presence of others we take wrong decisions and think it is the right one while in solitude we will clearly identify it as wrong. Fortunately, researchers suggest that even if one person chooses to go against the common motion, others can exhibit their true opinions as well. Which means that next time everyone is doing something you feel is wrong, speak up. You might actually end up saving a lot of people from making a wrong decision. But Diksha, we have been talking about social phenomena that makes people do stuff. But can they make people do less of something as well? They very well can. And social loafing is a very very good example of that. And what is that? For that, Max Ringelmann and his studies will help us out. Let's see. In 1913, he made a group of men pull on a rope for the experiment. And then he plotted the amount of effort exerted by the people depending on the number of people pulling the rope together. Okay, so let's say a graph with number of people as x-axis and proportion of maximum effort exerted as y-axis. Good job! So Ringelman found that when one man was pulling the rope, he put in 100% of the effort that he could. And when another man joined in, both were now putting in 93% of what they could. Okay. And it kept going down. In fact, when 8 people were pulling the rope together, each one put in less than 50% of the effort that they could. And that goes on to show that in many cases, but not always, working in group might not be the most productive thing to do people kind of camouflage with others and deliver less output. True. So, social loafing essentially refers to the concept that people put in less efforts in a group versus what they would put individually. Right. Reminds me of school projects where few people worked very hard and others just got to slack off. Man, I hated those guys. Same story here. More people, not always the better. Why do you think big companies move slow? So you mean, if I have a project where one coder is working and putting out X amount of work, if I add one more coder, the total amount of work produced by each will be less than X? Overall, the work might be more, 
but on an individual level the output will be lower that is anxiety inducing for anyone leading teams project or a whole company can anything be done about this i am not an expert on this but to summarize what most of the experts say make sure that everyone's work in the group is identifiable acknowledged and assessed at an individual level set very clear goals make sure there is no free riding and that is one person getting the credit or benefits of the work done by others which often makes the person who is actually working in scientific terms feel like a sucker yeah sucker effect no one works as a result of not wanting to feel like the one doing the most amount of work or sucker also keep the team size in single digits or break the bigger ones into smaller units and general things like focusing on good training and communication man working in group sure isn't easy so aditya what did we learn today that the thing most of us knew that is don't follow the herd today we got to know the scientific reason behind that and that working in teams can be very unproductive if not done right and with that it's a wrap on today's show in the next episode we will discuss how we can be pretty irrational when even clear numbers are involved the next episode will be best experienced with a pen paper and a friend good at math keep listening to think about it with me diksha and aditya the show was written and produced by aditya kupal ganguly that you can listen to exclusively on book my show jukebox where all you have to do is just press play